Welcome to Soundscape Crusaders, a music discovery podcast where we pair music with media. Join co-hosts Nate and Levi on this journey as we dive deep and examine one song and episode, discuss what we love about it, and then pair it with something that emotionally and tonally coincides with the song. Okay, well, you want to get into the episode? I do, bro. I want to know what you picked. All right. So I've been on a really big deep dive because this has just opened up a whole, like just a plethora of unlocked memories. Like I just took a key and opened up a chest like. And and the treasure the treasure came pouring out of the chest, Davy Jones's locker type stuff, you know. Um, and I found a song. I actually the best thing that I did was I found a uh, playlist on Spotify. Um, it, it's on. There's a Spotify pay- playlist called Emo Forever, and I was like, okay. This should be a pretty safe bet on what, you know, in keeping with the theme, because I really didn't want to get away from the theme. And I was listening through it and I came across a ton of stuff I used to listen to that I completely forgot about. (laughs) Fuck Uh, yeah. Like a lot. Fuck yeah. You love to hear it, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. That's so cool. And one specifically came to me that just like punched me in the stomach um and don't open the link no i want to open it now so this song is a song technically i'm giving you two songs right uh so they're yeah yeah so that's a i think that's against the rules it is but it isn't it was re-released slightly changed but not super super changed it it initially was on this band's second album in 2005 and then it was re-released remixed um in 2008 they re-recorded it completely but it's mostly the same and the song that i am bringing today um we're gonna go with the later release because that's the one that the band prefers released in 2008 as a single and then came on the album new surrender this is Feel Good Drag by Ann Berlin. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you, have you seen, or I think, I think I know, are you familiar? I know Ann Berlin. I know the name. This is like the song. Okay. This is like, I feel like I'm going to know this one. M- this yeah. month, most of the songs that I'm going to bring are going to be like the hits. So, cause that's, okay. you know, back, back in the day, my music mostly came from, you know, radio hits or something. So I'd hear something on the radio or from a compilation album and, you know, I'd find it through YouTube or something or whatever. Uh, so how about we click the link and listen to it and start talking about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Oh, yep. I know this one. Yep. Yeah, this is a good one. Good choice, bro. I'm here for you, she said, and we can stay for a while. My boyfriend's gone. 
you want to know a funny thing about this music video? Go for it. I had this. I bought the music video on iTunes. And I would play it on my little uh, one-inch iPod Nano video. It was the first iPod Nano that could do video. It was like this big. Mm -hmm. I still have it. It's in my bedroom. That's so funny. I haven't heard this in forever. Yeah. Listen forever. Brings back a lot of old feels, right? A little bit, yeah. Hey man, this was this this band was popular, man. This During song the, like aughts. Like this song was pretty big. Straight down the drain. Bye-bye. Goodbye, woman. Straight down the drain. Oh, um, shit. Welcome to the Black Parade is playing. Oops, I <laughs> Dude, yeah. No, that fits, bro. That fits perfectly. I like it. Awesome. I I, I, I was wondering if you, like, A, I was sure you've heard this song, mm-hmm. but if you were, like, super familiar with them or... You know, or if it was just kind of like one and done type thing. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So I never really like was a huge Anne Berlin fan. Um, there was this one and then there was one other song by them that I think came up a lot. Was it a whisper and a clamor? Uh, no, it was on a record called Cities. I think it was the song was called Godspeed. That's the other oh, one that that, yeah, knew. that's the same. Yeah, that's the same album as uh, Whisper and Clamor. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, that was the other one I knew kind of pretty well. Um, I kind of like always lumped them with like Yellow Card and Switchfoot. You remember those guys? Uh-huh. <laughs> 
okay so i have a whole discussion about this this is let's uh, go bro because this was a super interesting time Mm -hmm. for this type of music because amberlin was definitely lumped in uh with well it yeah they like straddled the line between uh typical emo alternative rock Mm -hmm. but then like there would be people that are like oh that's a christian band right the same way that switchfoot you know like a lot of people know switchfoot songs and like flyleaf and like uh skill and all those guys yeah 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 except some of those those. are like strictly christian rock bands um like especially skillet I'm just a step away, I'm just a breath away, losing my faith today. But like, yeah, Switchfoot, I remember toying the line. I remember like some people like considered Paramore, like kind of toying the line too. And I was like, what? what? Right. <laughs> Excuse and me? Amberlynn, a, a lot of that, I read some interviews and a lot of that came from their label uh, when they mm. got with a more major label, which was Tooth and Nail Records, okay. uh, which Tooth and Nail started off primarily doing Christian rock, from what I understand. Okay. Um. So that's why they were kind of lumped in with that. Now the, mm. at least the lead singer is a Christian guy, but when asked about it, he's like, "No, we just make music." Like, like I don't know why people keep <laughs> keep saying right. we're a Christian band because we're not preaching to people. We're just trying to make good music you know right um i mean some of these guys i'm, I'm just looking at a uh, tooth and nail right now um i mean they have under oath was a big one family force five was a pretty big uh yeah I guess Christian-ish band, right? Yeah, Family Force Five. I would say was probably more, uh, less subtle about it because yeah. you know they they were less subtle. Oh, they had some other ones like Thousand Foot Crutch and uh, Search the City, and I I mean like I had like there was like a short period of time in my life where like I listened to that shit and then I got right. like, snapped out of it and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like that's not your thing, bro fuck dude well, like i a- saw skillet live bro i saw really? them live and it was like Whoa. it like opened my eyes and i was like i don't like this <laughs> yeah it's definitely i think they're the concert uh what the concert areas was were definitely more uh what's the right word it was like more heavy-handed yeah. in terms of the messaging um but yeah like then you have bands like under oath which, you know, a lot of people listen to that they weren't super, you know, they didn't, you could listen to their music and not right. even know, right? Right. I saw Family Force 5 in concert at Did Six you? Flags when I was a kid. Yo, that's where I, I saw Skillet, bro. That's really? where I saw Skillet at Six Flags. <laughs> Dude, bro, that fucking... is the worst music venue. It was ever. awful, bro. Like 
the the music bounces off the back. Oh my god! And you're Dude, hearing like shit. Yeah, like music from six seconds ago is hitting you from behind, and god, it's like, like bro, that so was like bad. one of the worst experiences of my life. I was like, dude, this sucks. Yeah, I was not happy. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I was going on a huge rabbit hole with this because uh, I, I listened to a lot of that, um, you know, being a, in East Texas and stuff. You, you, you And as a teenager, you're like, I want to listen to rock, uh, but Christian rock. <laughs> I need my Jesus fix yeah. as well as and, rock. You know, in my deep dive, I'll, I'll give some of them a hand because they're still good. There are some songs and some bands that are still good. Uh, like, I mean, is is Switchfoot considered Christian rock? Because there's some songs I still yeah. bump from them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's like you a lot of that you wouldn't even know. Uh, Under Oath is one of those that I, I I've listened to a couple songs in the past week where I, I was about to pick them, mm-hmm. and I was like, nah, like I had more of a connection with Amberlynn, and mm-hmm. then from Under Oath. Wait, was was Under Oath a Christian rock band? I thought they like really kind of like branched away from that. Like, well, later. in the same, it's kind of the same thing, you know. Like <laughs> they they were labeled as that, but they're like, well, we just kind of make music. And it's like they're like we make music and we're Christian. We don't make yeah. Christian music, <laughs> right? Right. But it's gotcha, like gotcha. it's like okay, so I'm a Christian, so I guess people just put that as a label i don't know branching from under oath uh aaron gillespie i think is how you say his last name he made the almost i don't know if you ever listened to that i know the name but i never um i was a huge fan of that okay Um, say the sooner is still good i assume that was a tooth and nail yeah monikers are uh yeah. banned as well okay and so i found Anne berlin from i remember buying one of my first uh, my first cds i love this was <laughs> yeah i'm telling you this is a huge deep dive it was x 2004 17 christian rock hits <laughs> <laughs> So it had stuff like Skillet, Thousand Foot Crutch, yeah. Cutlass, yeah. Pillar. Um, oh and didn't it have like Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> didn't have Devil Wears Prada. Because they're Christian, right? Are they? They're, I think they are, bro. Which is crazy <laughs> because like when you hear them, it's like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's fucking nuts. Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to make sure. Yeah, Very bro. They're a Christian metal band. <laughs> really? Oh, previously a Christian metalcore band. So I guess they started off like that. And then they were like, nah, we love the devil. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, you know, the first band to do that was P.O.D. Uh, really? Yeah, because they were labeled as that. And they were like, no, like, we just want to make music. And then all the Christians were like, what the hell? <laughs> Where like, is your Jesus? Yeah, you're bad now. <laughs> bad P.O.D. <laughs> The bad pod. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I mean, regardless of the association, uh, Amberlin is awesome and they have some really great songs. This song is oh, good. I like yeah, this, this song. song is great. A Whisper and a Clamor is great. Um, 
And yeah, so the 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 history of this song, I was kind of reading into it because there, you know, you go on Spotify if you type in um, "feel good drag." Mm-hmm. There's "feel good drag" that pops up, and then there's the "feel good drag" that pops up, and they sound almost identical, um, with the exception the intro is different. Slightly, it's okay. a little longer. And um, after listening several times, um, the guitar solo uh, on the first version is, I would say it's not as good. before the guitar solo there's like six words that the lead singer kind of screams and it's like more raw and i guess emo sounding okay And a lot of people like that a lot and they, they will go up to the band and they're like, can you play the, the good version of feel good drag? And they're like, eh, this is the good version. Cause it's a lot more like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason they re-recorded it was because, uh, for that other album, it wasn't even originally supposed to be on their second album. Okay. And like they ran out of studio space and they had to, like re-record lyrics or something in a different studio and yeah. like kind of patch it together. And they were kind of rushed on that. Um, and then when the third album came, that was when they were signed by a larger label. Um, they were like, well, let's re-record this and like take our time. And like, cause they've been, they were playing around with it a lot mm-hmm. and uh, it, became more their own so they cleaned up some stuff re-recorded the whole thing and they released it as a single for that third album and a lot of people were unhappy about that because they were like oh it's just the same thing um but regardless when they did that that's when the song blew up and it basically saved the band as a whole Mm -hmm. because it it hit number one on their alternative rock charts and it like broke some records on like the longest climb because it was over like 31 weeks or something or oh, wow. 27 weeks. I to think get to the top. Yeah. It took a wow. basically a half year. Um, yeah. Over half 29 weeks. My bad. Still Throwing over a bunch half, of numbers. Bro. Yeah. 29 weeks climbing the alternative songs chart before yeah. reaching number one. 
It was the longest rise to the top since the chart's 1988 inception, which broke the previous record set uh, by 10 years with their 27-week journey for the song Wasteland. So there you go. They're the climbers. Yeah. So um, it's it's a really interesting kind of story, and I guess they get you know they got some hate from that because there's people that feel more smug about you know this you know we we found it first and we liked it better this way and they you mm. know they changed it but it's like elitist um, type uh thinking. yeah that's that's the way they seem to think of it anyway and i i think i like I mean, both versions i do i do agree that the second version has a much better guitar solo mm-hmm. it's a lot more um interesting would you, would you say it's also like more accessible to like a wider audience yeah, I mean it's it's basically the same song. Okay. It, it, like it's there's nothing huge about it. Nothing um, that drastic that almost separates them into two yeah. different. I do think the the lyrics um when he kind of does that more raw scream in the first version. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Um but you know, um if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the second version. Okay. Uh, from from the third album i don't remember the first version i'm just gonna be real with you this is the only version yeah. i know so no um, if you heard if i if i played without mentioning it if i played the first version you probably wouldn't even notice like yeah. it's it's that close um and unless you're just tuned in for that kind of thing which i guess some people are i am not i did not notice mm-hmm. i had to really think about it and uh but yeah what are your thoughts on this song I mean, it's very, it's very reminiscent of like alternative and rock, um, especially during the aughts era. I think it's very, it, I think with as emotional as the lyrics are, cause it's at least from what I could remember from just listening to it now, um, it sounds like it's an ex lover of some sort trying to get with the narrator, the singer, whatever. And it's. And he's like, nah, 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 fuck that shit. Um, so that's like, I mean, that's a very emotional subject, you know, with like toying with romance and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a really catchy uh, little rock tune. I think, um, you know, it's got a great guitar solo. What's his name? What's the guy's name? What's the lead singer's name? Um, I believe Stephen Christian. That is the name of the lead yeah. singer. I think he's got a great voice, and I think. He, I think his, the way his voice is like utilized through the song, I think really complements the guitar track. Um, this is one of those songs like I heard in passing all the time because I remember listening to like some Under Oath, um, especially during like 08, 09. Right. And then, yeah, it was kind of lumped with a lot of those. I don't know what other bands you would really kind of throw in there. Um, it definitely fell in that yellow card switch foot kind of lump. I used to put those kind of bands in, um, right? Which I like. I like. There's some, you know, yeah. Ocean Avenue is a great song. Um, you said the yellow card, right? Yellow card, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they they for their third album, apparently they the producer produced music for Yellow Card, Newfound Glory, and Fallout Boy. Newfound Glory, man, that was another one that was pretty popular back in this time. Yeah. Um, 
And I, yeah. I, I was wrong earlier, by the way. They were on Tooth and Nail, but the third album was when they signed to Universal Republic. So mm. Tooth and Nail is the smaller one, and then Universal, Universal Republic's Republic. pretty big. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I don't really have much more to say. I just I think it's a really catchy tune. Um, it's a catchy tune. It's yeah. simple. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's the not meaning breaking. of the song yeah. is pretty. It's easy to. Yeah. It's easy it, to catch, right? It's not, it doesn't break the mold or anything like that, but I think it takes, you know, those elements of just rock and punk, you know, with the, the fast guitars, you know, great guitar solo, you know, strong vocal performance. And I think it just does it, does it well. Yeah. So. And I mean, this band, you know, they performed at Warp Tour during what I would say is probably the peak of Warped Tour. That's not, is that still going on? Is Warped? They did like not- a reunion like a couple of years ago or like a few years ago. No. I know. I never went to one of those. I should have. I never did either. Um, did you ever do like the Edge Fest or like How the Edge Stole Christmas or any of those? Mm-mm. No. Those are fun. Those are really I, fun. I, I, like all that kind of stuff, like I missed it just by, you know, a little bit. I think I was just well, slightly too young. Like I didn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even allowed to drive. You couldn't, you didn't, you right. wouldn't even have, you wouldn't have even had a permit yet, you know? Right. So it was it was tougher to do that. So I missed out on all that. But the Warped Tour era was pretty cool. I remember getting those CDs and listening yeah, to a lot of Yeah, they had like cool compilations bands. and stuff. Yeah. It was like some pretty cool bands. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge, man, especially yeah. for this type of music. I mean, this whole month we could just blindly pick Warped Tour songs and I it would, would not be opposed. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would not be opposed to that. Because Warp Tour went on from, it was like mid-90s. It started in the mid-90s to like a couple yeah, years ago. It, when did it stop? I think it stopped a couple years ago. Man. Dude, I remember there was one year Katy Perry played at a Warp Tour, and I thought that was like the craziest shit ever. Um, <laughs> that That's weird. That feels weird to me. She played the, the record before Teenage Dream. I can't remember the name of that record, but she was like, it was like that era of her. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I can oh, imagine like I can imagine like Metro Station and like Cobra Starship and all those like fucking weird bands were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, freaking nuts, dude. But what a time, bro. That was yeah. That was just a cool. I don't know. Like it was a cool capsule. Like it was a cool yeah. time capsule. And it's fun to like. That's why I'm like super excited about this month because I like you. Was going back to like those old bands, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, this shit still slaps." Yeah, it's yeah. Good. I, I have a few more where I'm I'm excited to talk. Like I'm, yeah. I'm for my next time, I'm gonna be having trouble. I'm gonna pick a less uh, or a, a more. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I get it, bro. My next one is super popular, but it's yeah. one of those bands I'm like super into back in the day. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. So, um, you want to talk about lyrics? I mean, we, we kind of already did. There's not really much to dive into the, the pull them up. Like you said, the song is about an ex-girlfriend who's wanting to basically have a one night stand while her boyfriend's out and the narrator mm-hmm. or the, the singer is just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, he's like back off crazy ass. Yeah. Seductress, uh, be gone. <laughs> so uh and he's Be basically gone, wench yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah he's he's just like you're oh, um uh, 
Let, let's so see. The, the chorus is, was this over before, before it ever began? Your kiss, your calls, your crutch, like the devil's got your hand. This was over before, before it ever began. Your lips, your lies, your lust, like the devil's in your hands. I kind of like that because like in the first half of the chorus, he's like asking a question and kind of yeah. like, it's like feels contemplative. And then the second half, he's like, no, 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 no this was over like he yeah. like reaffirmed it inside his mind and it was it's oh cool. yeah that's a good um, point and, and it, it's like the mental process he's going yeah. like he this song is in the moment like it he is. is there like he and this isn't mm-hmm. afterwards this is while she's trying to get with him she's right? like hitting him up in the dms is like hey my boy my boyfriend ain't here and he's like yeah he's like hmm Nope. It, yep. We're not doing this. You know, he's like, you're right. It's just like in the moment process. This is fucking dope. Right. Right. And then the, the bridge I really like, which is the more quote unquote screamy part in the first version, it's mm-hmm. significantly more. So, um, he says failure is your disease. You want my outline drawn. You were my greatest failure discourse. your saving song. And that's that's just kind of cool. Like yeah, he's he's like he's like really affirming it to himself. Like I do not want anything to do with this person. Yeah, like you like this fail you you failed and you're trying to fail again. Like who knows? Maybe in that when they were together, she did the same thing and you know yeah. screwed it up another time. Harlot. <laughs> right, right. So like she she's not good for him, and he knows nope. it. Yeah. And that's okay. Some people aren't good for each other. Yeah. You know, it's just what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. There's not a lot to like break down. Like we said, it doesn't, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. Right. But this wheel is squeaky clean and it's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I, I really like it. This song, like I said, while we were watching the music videos, I mean, it's important to me just because 2008, I was 13. I'm pretty sure I was, you know, listening to the song basically when it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I bought the music video or if I got it free because iTunes used to do, you know, like weekly music videos that they'd give you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my iPod Nano, I think it was a second generation. It was a little square one the one inch screen and it was like a big deal because you could watch videos on it right here it is right here it's incredibly tiny and uh i remember having this music video and you know if i was ever in the car bored or you know i didn't have a phone to play on or something so i had this little tiny ipod and i was just watching it like with with it like four inches from my face because it was such a small screen (laughs) i was just watching this really cool music video i had two things on it i had this music video and i had uh benjamin button (laughs) and i remember going on a camping trip and you watched benjamin button yeah sitting in a hammock like by myself because i was bored because it wasn't a camping trip with friends or anything it was like with uh, parents friends or something yeah nobody your age and you're just like yeah the the people closest to my age were my brother's age and they were all hanging out together but they're like three or four years older than me and so like i didn't really have a group to hang out with so i would just go in this little it was a 
cocoon hammock. Have you ever mm-hmm. been in one of those with like the net? I have not. Dude, no. those are fun. You are like climb cool? in. Yeah, and it's like netted, so bugs can't get you or whatever. Oh, that's and I was in this little cocoon hammock watching Benjamin Button and movie. Feel Good Drag by Anne Berlin. <laughs> uh, what a and duo. And it just brings me back, man. It brings <laughs> me back duo, to that. What a duo, bro. What a fucking <laughs> duo, man. <laughs> you got your sophistication with right. Benjamin Button, and then you got Anne Berlin, which is which they're great. You know, they're they're good. This song is good. I like this song. Yeah. Like, let's get that out there. Right. But... <laughs> Like we said, not breaking the mold. <laughs> Vastly different, though. Vastly yeah, different very. things. Um, One's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> depressing. And, you know, watching all that on a one... Like, people people give watching movies on iPhones crap. Man, that's like that's six, heaven, seven bro. inches of real estate. Yeah, that's heaven, bro. One inch. One <laughs> inch. <laughs> one inch is a lot. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. That's so good. Um, before we get to our picks, I just want to run through the credits. I want to make try to make a, you know, kind of a habit of that. Just letting people know that, you know, this song was produced by Neil Avron, who he's an American record producer, produces <laughs> a lot of alternative rock stuff, such as mm-hmm. uh, Fallout Boy. Ooh. What, uh, a what lot Fallout of Fallout Boy stuff. Sugar, we're going down. Oh, that's a good one. Twenty dollar nosebleed. Track. Also a good track. Disloyal order of water buffaloes. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this ain't a scene. It's an arms race. That's a pretty good one too. That's off of Infinity on High. Yeah. So, uh, uh Twenty One Pilots. He also produced some Twenty One Pilots. So, that's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, the song itself was written by band members. It looks like Stephen Christian, Joseph Milligan, Dion Rex wrote, and Nathan Young. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's not a huge list. So it's the band, and then the band wrote it, and it was produced by another guy. And so basically, like five people were involved with this song. Fuck yeah. Let's send yeah. it. Fucking send it. So. There it is, man. Um, I love this song. It brings me back to this time period that we are homaging. Maybe it's not, you know, exactly Green Day-ish as our When September Ends implies, but it's important I, rock from that time period, and it, it was fits. at number one. So, It fits, bro. You've hit. This is a good choice. I enjoy this it, song. If I fits, I sits. All right, bud. You tell them. You let them know that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, do you have a pick? I think so. I'm gonna. Do you? I think so. I have. I don't know if you've seen. I, yeah, I have a pick. It'll be fun. It's gonna be fun to try to try to defend this one. I'm excited. Okay, go for it. Okay, so from the lyrics, it's. I think there there kind of is a little bit of an implication that maybe the relationship was toxic, especially if like someone's like lusting after someone else in a sense. Um, So I'm choosing a movie. Do you want to guess the movie or no? Do you want to do? Yeah, let's do that. I, you know what? Actually, I was given some feedback that that's pretty fun to do. Like people like listening to that. I didn't think people would like listening to that, but um, I honestly, I had no idea. So I'm glad to thank you for whoever sent that feedback. Um, 
Okay, so I'm choosing a movie. Was the movie before or after 2000? After. After 2000. Yes. Um, is the director well known? I think he's more well known as a writer, but they this person directed this movie. That makes sense. The person that wrote it directed it? No, no, no. So this director is more known as a writer, but this was one of his, I think this was his third, well, it's a he, this was his third um, movie that he Aaron directed. Aaron Sorkin? No. Okay. Also, this guy did uh, write this movie. It's not Aaron Sorkin, but the guy who directed this movie also wrote it as well. Do you want a hint? Uh, who, who's uh, the lead? Elizabeth Moss. I know it, and you know I know it. I know it because it. I was th- I was thinking about this uh, send it. as one of my picks. Fucking send it, bro. The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man, bro. You've seen it. Wait, have you Hell seen it? Yeah, dude, brother. it's so fucking good, dude. dude. This it's was this so was in my shortlist. This was in my shortlist. I'm so excited, dude, that we get to a, talk this about is this. A, such a great movie Do you have you watch watched this recently or uh i watched it like right before the pandemic hit oh yes. yeah that's when it came out it came yeah, out it came like, out right. on my birthday in 2020 yeah let's watch dude, the trailer let's dude i trailer. fucking love this movie dude, I'm, I'm finding it our double feature is gonna be real fuck good. yes let's go okay we'll do this one there's two versions okay do we want the 12 million or the 9.1 million dude you okay funny uh this was great but um dude as soon as i said elizabeth moss you cheesed so oh, hard yeah and i was like oh, he yeah. knows. i was like he knows he fucking yep. knows bro yep. no as soon as you said elizabeth moss that made everything freaking clear for me dude like, it's this completely. movie like i remember when i saw this movie i was like i like called my dad i was like dad you need to watch yeah. this movie this movie is brilliant Literally, that trailer, uh, I think it was playing on, like, <sighs> Paramount Plus or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was advertising that it was on Paramount Plus. Yeah. And Lauren and I both saw that. And we were like, oh, we need to watch that again. Because, like, like, I think this was it's- yesterday. We were... We saw it and we were like, oh, yeah, let's, let's put so, that on the list again. It's so fucking good. Okay. Dude. Yeah. <sighs> you ready? Okay. Yeah. Three... Two, one. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect. Oh, that opening scene, man. It's so crazy. Dude, this, the, the tension in this movie is unreal. Yeah. What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. God. You're getting your freedom back, okay? Adrian is so creepy. So creepy in this movie. It's it's so. The tension in this movie is just brilliant. He was a sociopath. Dude, the whole time. Yeah. You like, like you, you have no idea what's going on. He said that wherever except you know that she is never safe. Yep. I wouldn't be able to see him. Yep. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. 
found something that can prove what I Oh God, this scene. Yeah. Oh man. Dude, I need to watch this scene? again. This movie is brilliant. Dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. Nope, they're fake. He's figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. It's his true genius was how he got in people's heads. Oh, come any closer. Hey, I'm not crazy. Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you is invisible. God, it's in the room right now. That scene is fucking gnarly. Yeah, he's listening. Where are you? She gets her revenge, though, bro. She gets him good. There you are. Okay. It, if, yeah, if you, if you don't start talking about it, I'm going to start like... Okay. So, Invisible Man is a 2020 science fiction horror film directed by the brilliant Lee Whannell, who is famous for writing films that were directed by James Wan. Some of those included... Or some of those are Saw, Dead Silence, Insidious. He had... I think his, first, his directorial debut was in 2015 with Insidious Chapter 3. Never saw that, but I saw his other two directed ones. Upgrade, which was uh, came out in 2018. Fantastic movie. Which is a fucking banger. That was my favorite movie of that year, I think. Dude, it's a fucking banger. That movie is so fucking good. And then Invisible Man, which came out in 2020, right before the pandemic hit big in America. And it stars Elizabeth Moss as Cecilia, who is trapped in this horribly abusive relationship with this man named adrian oh what's his last name griffin is that right uh i I getting that right (laughs) okay but his name's adrian she drug like i think she drugs him and like escapes and then like his it's his she gives him sleeping pills the movie opens with uh like it's the middle of the night yeah he's sleeping and she's sneaking out yeah she's escaping this abusive relationship and then it's his estate like comes up to her and is like hey adrian is dead cut his wrist yada 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 whatever and she le- and he leaves her money what everyone doesn't understand or know is that he like came up with this suit it's like a it's this weird body suit that turns him invisible and he is such a horrible sociopathic human being that he is following cecilia elizabeth moss's character and just tormenting her just to like he his whole goal is to discredit her uh and make her lose the money yep that he's giving her make her look crazy like make her look mentally unstable and and like you would think like oh that sounds kind of cheesy like a man in an invisible suit like la 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 like that that i'm not into sci-fi or i'm not not into that kind of stuff it's like, no, this is like a hard edge thriller mm-hmm. where most of the time, you know, you do not. She is not safe ever because ever. she'll be doing something. And then just in the background, somewhere in the corner, like something, something moves or like something falls over. Yeah. Or it's and you don't know. You, you don't, don't know if it's you're going crazy as yeah. the viewer. You're sitting here thinking, did that happen? Oh, that was just yeah. the wind. you know, like you're 
you feel like Cecilia in this movie. You don't know what's going on. And yeah. Lee Whannell, who wrote and directed this, he does such a good job with creating like never-ending tension throughout this whole movie. Wonderful like atmosphere is created. Oh my god. And Elizabeth and everything Moss, is shot. Yes. Like just in the way things are shot, the like framing something, is perfect. Yeah, something might not even move, but it's framed where like you're looking in the background right. because it there's some something the, should be there because conventional the use, framing. Yeah, the use of the rule of thirds throughout yeah. this whole movie leaves something in the background in a specific quadrant. Yeah. So a, they don't even have to use special effects right. to do anything because you're just like looking and you're like, where is he? Where is he? You're like. <laughs> When I saw this movie, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time because I'm like, this, oh, yeah. this motherfucker's coming out. He's going to do something. Yeah. And it's, it's what the fuck are y'all doing and listening to this shit? Go yeah, watch yeah, this just movie. Pause, this a, pause it right now. Bro. Go watch it. Uh, you know what? I'm even going to look it up. I'm sure it'll be the same by the time this dude, airs. Invisible dude. Man. What is Invisible oh. Man on? It is on. Lee Whannell, okay. dude, I can't wait until he directs another movie. Dude, he's me too. He's absolutely he's of, brilliant. He's one of the best new, like, I, I know he's not new. He's been in the business for a long right. time as a writer, but as a right. new director, he is the talent to look out for. And, and he honestly, needs to be given like, all of the money. I, so I've seen Saw 1. That's the only one I, like, kind of enjoy. And I think it's well written. It's just not for me. Yeah. And I Real thought quick. Um, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. That's I'm upset. Uh, the Invisible Man is available on Freebie, which is a free service. Um, you can get the app on your TV and watch it. I think there's some ads or something, but it's it's accessible, it. ready to watch. And if you don't want to watch ads, you can rent it. Dude, it's it, just find it. Yeah. And upgrade is on Peacock, by the way. So watch both of those. Upgrade is I would I will go to bat for upgrade as well. Um, But yeah, I think I even think Insidious, the first Insidious, I think is a pretty decent horror film. I think it's pretty well written. I haven't seen that. I think the ending kind of sucks. But um, is that with Darth Maul? Yeah. Okay. And like I know that's like a meme and shit, like that that red demon that appears throughout that movie. But like that character or that entity is legit scary. There's some parts yeah. in that movie where nothing happens. And that to me was the scariest parts of the movie. Yeah. Cause you're sitting there think like your heart's beating fast. You're thinking motherfucker, something's happening and nothing does. And you're like, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah, but yeah. do you have like what anything else you want to say about this movie? Cause I seem we love it. It seems yeah, that we, we really love it. So he, he is like one of the, directors that i i just i will watch whatever he puts out now agreed because okay so upgrade came out in the greatest year ever which was the year of movie pass which i knew was not going to last Mm -mm. it was a failed business model yeah yeah there was no way it could and you know what i didn't care because i knew how many movies i could watch on you know ten dollars a month we watched so many movies that year in the theater that i was like begging to not go to the movies like i was like i was like i'm over it like let and then we'd go see a movie and i was like okay that was awesome and it was amazing because you could 
we were exposed to so many movies that we would not have normally seen period Mm -hmm. because we would just go and we would exhaust the list. Right. We would go to the movies as much as there were releases. I think, I don't know. I feel like we just all Lauren has a spreadsheet of every single thing we watched Mm -hmm. and down to like how much money we saved (laughs) (laughs) because she'd put the original ticket price and then versus like what we were spending per month. Um, and anyway, we just walked into upgrade. No, no idea what it was about at all. Like, I don't even remember seeing a trailer. If I did, I didn't really expect much. I was just like, oh, okay. It's kind of a low budget ish sci-fi movie, I guess. And it blew my mind. The action cinematography is amazing. It's just (laughs) inventive. It does things that other movies do not do. And the whole time you're on the edge of your seat, dude, it pulls no punches and yeah. just goes, 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 goes. And it's there's very few times amazing. where that happens in, in theaters, especially watching an action movie. I can, I can name it off on one hand. It's upgrade. John wick blew my mind in the same way because I, I didn't know what to expect from that. And Mad Max Fury road. Fury road was unbelievable. Yeah. Seeing that in theater. Those, I did not see Upgrade in theater, and I regret it because I saw Upgrade post Invisible Man. Because I think I just you, you it went just, back. It was getting buzz again, just because like people were talking about Invisible Man. They're like, "Oh, well, y'all should see Upgrade because it's yeah. the movie he did before." And I was like, "I remember the trailer," and I was like, mm, "Whatever." But Logan, like, get, I'm gonna give a shout out to Logan Marshall Green. That dude fucking dude chews it up, and he is a badass yeah. throughout that whole fucking movie. And Pe- I was. I was floored watching that. I was like, this is amazing. People will jokingly call him discount Tom Hardy because he looks very similar. They look like stepbrothers or something like half brothers or something. Yeah. Yeah. So much so that after we saw upgrade like a week later, that was when the trailers for venom started getting put out. And those movies in terms of plot, if you watch the trailer, seem very similar there's a person in his head talking to him it's a tom hardy looking guy yeah <laughs> and they get like a natural super strength or whatever right and, and i i remember we saw that trailer for venom and lauren turned to me and she was like upgrade two already and i, I was <laughs> i was like nope that's a different person so that's but a different actor <laughs> i do not blame her because they're very look similar in a lot they of ways alike. um man i i love upgrade uh, but back to Invisible Man. Also uh, great. Oh, uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Kate. Moss. Elizabeth Moss. I wanted to call her Kate for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there is a Kate Moss. But oh, there. Yeah. Okay. There is a Kate one. Moss. Yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Moss is amazing. Uh, <sighs> direction and just overall um, aesthetic of the film is um, really interesting. Lee Winnell has this clean, futuristic. Uh, approach in the 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 mizzen scene as uh as a as a whole is brilliant if i want to use some pretentious film terms probably pronounced it wrong but isn't it mizansen <laughs> yeah probably mizansen <laughs> mizansen here Dude, i'm just gonna i'm while you look that up i'm so happy you like this movie and you've seen this movie because i was like batting for it when I, when I saw it, I was like, y'all got to see this. This movie's so good. It's brilliant. Yeah. I, I was, oh, 
I mean, I guess I'm a sucker for the 1940s movie with Claude Rains. Like, I think that's a really good movie. The original Vis- Invisible Man. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I've read the book. Oh, the H.G. Wells book? Yeah. I don't know if I've read or if I've watched the original. I think I have. I think it's I have good. seen the movie. It's really good. Um, I haven't seen Hollow Man, the Verhoeven film. A lot of people don't, think don't really one. like it. It's it's yeah. it's like kind of the same thing, but not really. Um, That's with Kevin Bacon, right? I think. And I think he's. It gets a little too. Uh, from what I've heard, it gets a little. Uh, like it crosses, it crosses some lines it, that. Yeah, it it, didn't it crosses need to some cross sexual lines that a lot of people are uncomfortable <sighs> with. That's very Verhoeven esque. Yeah, I I need to watch it just to kind of complete my Verhoeven, you know, just so I can say I've seen all of his films. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh it's mise en scène, so huh. the mise en the mise en scène of Lee Winnell films. There there's a very <laughs> sim, like interesting through line of this modern cleanliness mm-hmm. uh, in both Upgrade and invisible man like he he uses these big but empty like modern rich people houses Mm -hmm. to i i would say he's trying to say something with that like he's um you know it's soulless i will i will say this um you remember the dark universe they were trying to like reboot that yeah with that shitty mummy movie with tom cruise i wish in i wish that was still like happening in a sense, but Lee Whannell was like the spearheaded the whole thing, you know, and it started with Invisible Man. Yeah. And then like Elizabeth Moss becomes the Invisible Woman, like or something. They they kind of started to, but Mm -hmm. then I think they um, because Blumhouse. Weren't they doing a Dracula movie? Yeah, they they dropped it because Invisible Man did very well. It did super well. Like, I think they were kind of shocked how well it did. So then they they announced a Dracula movie, but I think I remember it getting canceled. I think it got canned. I think you're um, right. I can't remember the director, but a lot of people. It was a female it's director. It's a female. Oh shit! I should know this. Karen Kusama. Yes. The, apparently the, she's apparently she's a fantastic director. She did Destroyer with uh, was that Charlize Theron? Ah, uh, I, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the. Uh, yeah or no nicole kidman destroyer with nicole kidman and oh she uh, did uh i didn't know she did jennifer's body that movie oh actually, did she yeah that movie's not that bad i've seen that one um that's a shame because like probably would have been good yeah i I mean after invisible man i would have watched anything that they do oh yeah because that that's how they should have like because the as goofy it is as it is the universal monsters are fucking dope wolfman Mummy, Dracula, yeah, Frankenstein, Invisible Man. I love creature all of that man. Creature of the Black Lagoon, dude. There's so many good properties. Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. They could even do Murders of the Rue Morgue. They could like they could really branch out, bro. It would have been so good. Yeah, don't even make a universe. I I don't care about universes. Right. Just make good movies. Make yeah, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Like that could be a great movie even yeah. if you modernized it like the yeah. invisible man because when they when they announced invisible man and they were like oh yeah it's gonna be a modern retelling of mm-hmm. the invisible man usually you're like 
great. I know, you, you cringe a little, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Lee Winnell comes in and blows it out of the park. Kills it, bro. And I will bat for this movie till the day I die. This movie is phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. If you like thrillers, if you like crime movies, it's basically Gaslight the movie. It, because, <laughs> like, as horrible as that is, it is Gaslight the movie. Yeah. The whole thing is, uh, I don't even know if I would say it's an allegory for toxic and uh, abusive relationships because it's right there on screen. But it has a lot to say mm-hmm. about that. And, and I think, why okay, it works is that, you know, everything <laughs> is so realistic except for the fact that a guy has a suit that can turn invisible. Yep. Everything else is so grounded that you believe it. Yep. And there's there's nothing holding that back. And mm-hmm. the fact that no one else believes her when she says like, oh, my ex isn't dead he's invisible and he's trying to get back at me like she you don't even believe her right and you know she's right (laughs) yeah you've seen shit on screen and you you just don't trust it's i we can't say any more good things about this movie this movie is phenomenal yeah without going into spoiler territory because i do not want to go into spoiler territory um all i'll say is that cafe scene Bro, freaks the shit out I, of me. That I'll, scene, that's I when jumped. Shit. I yeah, jumped like in the my fucking chair, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember like Joel. I was like in in the theater, and I was. I I think I left the seat. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's like oh god. Um, but yeah, Man. good movie. I have nothing else to say. Um, I'm probably gonna be saying the same thing over and over and over if I do. Yeah. So. Yeah. it's yeah it's there's so many things that happen in the movie that's just like are you fucking kidding me yeah it's fucked up bro it's yeah. <sighs> all right man that's yeah. my choice invisible man why i think it relates to the song real quick is it is a toxic relationship <laughs> and it's <laughs> we didn't totally even, forgot about we that totally forgot about the show um <laughs> but i think i think it works in a sense that probably like when i guess when you're in a toxic relationship there's like a, ch- a sense of like you returning and this is elizabeth moss's stance saying like no i am not returning i'm gonna fight back i'm getting out of this shit yeah boom 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 yeah. boom, boom great movie yeah yeah i mean great pick dude thanks it's perfectly <sighs> so much so because i almost picked it Dude, I'm so, so happy. I'm so happy you've seen this movie, dude. Because I was going to be like, I was going to be, it was going to be so hard for me to just like not gush about it if right. it was just me. Um, right. No, ugh. this is a good movie for two people to gush about because. Yes. Oh, so good. Um. Okay. Well, is it my turn? Should we move on? Yeah, I think so. We talk a lot about Invisible Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think right you've seen so. this one too, though. I okay. I think you've seen it and. Feel like we're on the same wavelength here because uh you know it makes a great double feature as oh, always fuck. and um it's a great movie so you know how earlier i was talking about benjamin button and yeah. how like that and feel good drag i had on the same ipod uh-huh I listen to it a lot uh-huh well i wouldn't put that movie with it right but there's another David Fincher movie that I it's would. It's Gone Girl, isn't it? It's Gone Girl. Yes! <laughs> I didn't go. even have to do the 20 questions. Let's go, bro. <laughs> I'm Preston Mitchell tonight, bitch. Right. 
Preston, I love you, man. <laughs> Preston is screaming in his car right now Bro, or something. Great pick, dude. This I also thought of this one as well. Really? Yeah, These, dude. We're, it was we're, Gone Girl we're and just, Invisible Man were yeah. on my fucking short list, bro. If you, oh my god, we're, we're just vibing, man. Oh, we're vibing. This... I sent you the link. Let's watch the Fuck trailer yeah, and get a little refresh. Nick Dunn, you're probably the most hated man in America. Right? Ben Affleck is so good in this movie. Killing your wife, Nick. Yeah. Everyone told us and told us marriage is hard work. Not for me and Nick. This movie made me take him a lot more seriously as an actor. Same here. Disappeared three days ago. I had nothing to do with the disappearance of my wife. I have nothing to hide. Sammy got friends we can talk to? No, not really. You don't know if she has friends, you don't know what she does all day, and you don't know your wife's blood type. Being a good guy, so everybody can see him being a good guy. Well, you really don't like him, do you? So I saw this movie in the theaters, nice and a part of me was like, I don't know if I want to ever get married now. <laughs> my husband loves me, but I could be wrong. God, she's awful in this movie. The kind of girl who attracts admirers. They both kind of are, but yeah, they're yeah. both shitty. They're both so shitty. What this means? Want to solve Amy's treasure hunt? You seen this girl around here? Yeah, I remember her. I know you. I saw you at the volunteer center. I wanted to help. What'd she want? She wanted a gun. We are all scared, but we are all here now. I feel like something to be jettisoned if necessary. I feel like I could disappear. The hallmark of a sociopath is a lack of empathy. Amy lost a lot of blood in there, and then somebody mopped it up. Why do they mop up the blood if they're trying to stage a crime scene? Whatever they found, I think it's safe to assume that it's very bad. I'd finally realized I am frightened and of my own. Tyler Perry, man. He's great in it. What not to say. A trained monkey? A trained monkey who doesn't get lethal injections. She's going to eat you alive. You assaulted her? It's not good enough for you? I hit her? It's not even close. Absolutely not. I never touched her. We now believe Nick is involved in the disappearance of our daughter. Without a body, without a murder weapon. I forgot how this trailer's like the first third of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you asking me if I killed my wife? Man of my dreams. This man of mine may kill me. What about my son? Nick! This man may kill me. In her own words, this man She's... Her plan is brilliant in this movie. I'll give her that. Expression. The simplest answer is often the correct one. Actually, I've never found that to be true. Dude, yeah, great, so great, this great this movie pick. like trying to be as spoiler free as possible because if you haven't seen it, it's a crime movie. Uh, a man, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, Affleck, <laughs> Affleck. Uh, he is the prime set. He is the prime suspect um, in the disappearance of his wife. His wife just disappears one day, and basically everyone thinks it's him because. He is kind of emotionless through the whole process um, and all the signs point towards him doing it. Mm. He's like he, he's in a no win situation yep. where, you know, uh, he if I remember correctly, he's kind of shitty in general, but not like kill my wife shitty. Right. No, he's um, having mm, how spoilery do we want to get in this? Uh, let's let's not do big spoilers because I okay. I really want to encourage people to watch it uh, and I then I'm I, gonna shut my mouth yeah <laughs> it's it's a hard movie to talk about it, yeah. it it definitely is because it it you know there's a lot of twists and turns um and 
it's just if if you're scared of getting married, it's probably not a good no nope. uh, movie if you're to watch. Cold so if you, feet, don't watch. Yeah, that if, movie. if you're engaged and your wedding's coming up, maybe wait a while to watch this one because <laughs> uh, it doesn't make you feel warm and butterfly, you know, little butterflies in your stomach or anything. Uh, unless those butterflies are like, you know, trying to kill you. Uh, yeah. So um, the reason I picked this film for a very similar reason as Invisible Man, it's about a toxic relationship and uh, basically something that, you know, you're not sure if you can get out of a situation here or not. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to go any, any further because. I don't want to it's, either. Do you want to put a spoiler tag? May, yeah, maybe. Maybe let's let's just say if if you at all are interested in this movie, which I I really think you should seek this out. It is a very um, very well done movie. Yeah, it's David Fincher is the director. So good. He's the uh, man, bro. David Fincher, which is well known. You know, he's a he's a very popular uh, filmmaker. But if you're not a film person, you know, we can kind of go into that real quick. Uh, this is the guy who did Fight Club. This is the guy who did Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Social Network, the Mark Zuckerberg movie, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, Panic Room, if you've seen that, Zodiac, The Game, oh, fun, uh, Seven. Fun fact about fun fact about Panic Room. Really like Panic Room. One of the I guys break. Movie. One of the guys breaking into the house is Dwight Yoakam. Really? Yeah. Dwight Yoakam's an actor, bro. Oh, I need to rewatch that. Yeah, dude. He's fucking awesome. He's unhinged as fuck in that movie. I that love was a Panic good Room. TV movie. Like, that yeah. was one of those movies that came on TV a lot, and it was one of those where if you saw it, you watched the rest of it. Yeah. Um, also, Gone Girl is a book. It's a fictional book written by author Gillian Flynn. I think yeah. that's how you say her name. And she wrote the screenplay for the movie as well. Yeah. Very, very uh, popular uh, author i believe she's she's like one of the greats she right now called, or she she wrote a book called i think it's called sharp objects that's supposed to be like really really good um mm. and it got turned into a mini series with amy adams a few years ago um interesting yeah I i've wanted to read that one a while ago i just never got around to it interesting cool i need i need to check out i mean i i'm not really a huge reader reader you know but uh i i i have heard of gillian flynn for a long time like even if you're not a reader usually she's a pretty popular person but um yeah she so she wrote it uh that's i I don't think i really realized that she did the screenplay as well so Mm -hmm. that's cool um it stars ben affleck rosamund pike uh ben affleck is you know most famous for his work in Daredevil, the movie from 2003, I believe. Um, also, you know, uh, the shitty movie called Goodwill Hunting and... Uh, and The Town yeah. and Argo. <laughs> yeah. No, I love all those movies. Those are great. Uh, Rosamund <laughs> Pike, she... Uh, what is she... She was in a James Bond movie. Yeah, Die Another Day. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if that would be her like big thing, but um, that's really where I remember her from. I mean, she she's a wonderful actress. Let's see what IMDb has her most popular movies as she's known for Gone Girl, Die Another Day, Pride and Prejudice. She is Jane Bennett in Pride and Prejudice and Helen in Jack Reacher. She's also in Doom. 
Doom. <laughs> yes, the Oscar winner Doom. Not Dune. Doom. Doom. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and to round out the cast, we got uh audience favorites such as Neil Patrick Harris, which Barney from How I Met Your Mother is what mm-hmm. he's most famous for. Tyler Perry, the Medea guy, is in this movie. And he's as, great. Yeah, he play I think he plays a detective, right? No, he's um he's Nick's attorney. Oh, he's an attorney. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's Nick's like attorney. Said, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, like in the trailer, he's like he calls him a trained monkey that won't get the lethal injection. So he's like telling him what to say, like what lawyers do. But right. being like interrogated and talked to and interviewed and stuff. Um yeah. Yeah, that okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need to rewatch this. It is not it is not a light movie. No, uh, it, no. <laughs> you're going to be thinking about it for a while after you watch it. Um, and then just to kind of round out the crew, we got cinematography by Jeff Cronenworth, which does a lot of Fincher films mm-hmm. and music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Like you can't go wrong with that. Woo-hoo. Nine Inch Nails. Yep. Uh, are they both from Nine Inch Nails or is it just uh, Trent Reznor? So Trent Reznor, I think uh, I think Atticus is part of Nine Inch Nails now. But I don't think he wasn't he wasn't a part of Nine Inch Nails and like the fragile downward spiral pretty hate machine like that, like early era. I think he joined 2005 is when he jumped in. Okay, so 2005 for Nine Inch Nails would have been like, oh, I think that was with teeth. Yeah. And I think that's that's the one with the. There's a really good track. I know this is like way off topic. There's a really good track. I know most people think of um, The Hand That Feeds when you think of With Teeth. There's a really good track. It's the last song on the record called Right Where It Belongs, and it's so fucking haunting. It's a beautiful song. Play that now. Great song. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm going to do is I'm just going to like at it now. But, uh, oh, yeah, man. I mean, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they have, I mean, what, what scores have they done? Social, they do all the social network. David Fincher stuff, social network, girl, girl with the dragon, dragon tattoo, tattoo, gone girl. They did um, soul, uh, Pixar. Oh, they, soul. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They also did soul. Yeah, man. They're, they're um, really good together. Yeah. I'm trying to find like just the film stuff. I know. Um, well, I know this film is composition. before Atticus Ross, but, uh, did you know Trent Reznor um, or Trent Reznor did uh, the music for Quake, the video game? No. Yeah. That's a weird pull. Yeah. Um, Dude, he, I love I love Trent Reznor's a fucking man, bro. He's the fucking man. His work in the HBO miniseries Watchmen is hey. freaking amazing. I can imagine that's amazing. I can imagine. Very good. Like, like that that show is worth watching just for the music. Um, I mean, it's also just awesome. What? What? Trent Reznor composed the theme in Tetsuo, the bullet man. 
it's a japanese cyberpunk movie it's like the third in a trilogy or something but they're loosely connected so you don't really need to watch any of them um i don't know if i like it but it like left a huge impression on me christ dude that movie fucked me up in a like bad way man i don't think i'm gonna watch that (laughs) it's it's not an enjoyable it's a cyberpunk Mm -hmm. horror movie and it it just like i didn't enjoy it but i couldn't stop like i did and didn't enjoy it and i couldn't stop thinking about it right and uh like it's super experimental like it's not like the narrative is very crazy and the dude like his son dies and he basically like turns into a giant gun and just like shoots bullets all the time and uh it's, uh, i don't it's think like, i'm gonna watch that bro yeah I, no it was I, interesting i don't just don't think I'm yeah gonna watch I, that. <laughs> I don't really recommend it but like it it just like elicited such a strong reaction from me that i was like it just made me feel bad <laughs> yeah that doesn't sound exciting um but body anyway. horror like weirds me out like i don't like there's some i like really really love and then there's some i'm like oh i don't know how i feel yeah, yeah. i same like i like I mean, the I, fly a lot like I, the blob remake like makes me uncomfortable like yeah i haven't seen I that know. it it just varies but like i like akira i think is like very body horror-esque like especially love, at the end i love that yeah. that one's great I like I don't, dude it just it's hit or miss for me man that movie like created cyberpunk. I feel like I don't know if it did, but I feel like it pushed it pretty far. It's very Akira is very important, just in animation in yeah. general. It's very Dude, important. I could I could talk about that. You can watch compilations of people that literally just they saw the the fluidity of the animation and how the unique backgrounds it was. in that movie was are are immaculate. Yeah, so detailed it's beautiful even the way the camera moves was insane to where like 15 years later people were still struggling to do that so a lot of times they would trace the movements first from akira and then you know make it their own so you can watch just compilation after compilation of it you know that motorcycle yep batman the animated series there are several several really instances where they did stuff like that like there's so cool there's one scene in a robin episode when it's like uh, a flashback or something he's going to try to find the guy that killed his parents in the animated series and he's riding his bike and he does that move and then in the mask of the phantasm there's a shot where these biker guys are coming up to bruce and his date and they're mm-hmm. like circling him with their chains and stuff and they fight and there's the there's a shot i don't know if you remember in akira but like uh they they like the bike's coming and then the dude like jumps mm-hmm. in slow motion and then like i don't know if he kicks him or punches him i can't remember off the he bike definitely he he makes contact yeah with the guy. And, and there's that like yeah. it's badass. like that kind of thing uh, they they do that. So there's a lot the of action in that. So fucking good. Yeah, I love that movie. I have a 4K disc. I need to. I haven't watched it yet, dude. I'll watch it with you. I love that movie. Dude. Back to Gone Girl. Uh, the cinematographer. I didn't know this, but his dad was the cinematographer for Blade Runner. So also a great movie. <laughs> yeah. So that's a fun little connection. But uh, yeah, dude. Um, it's I like great, this movie a lot. Great movie. Uh, I don't know if there's much else to say. Like, did we, we don't even... have to talk spoilers. Just, I think it's a really 
the thing about Fincher is he's so detail-oriented that every shot is about as damn near perfect as you can get. Yeah. And the lighting and the shit, like his use of shadows throughout that whole movie is just so stark. Oh, yeah. So it's so good. And Pike and Affleck just do such a great job. And I, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Go watch it. It's, the, the, it but it's good. The film employs a lot of flashbacks as well as things happening in current time. And it's really there's a lot interesting. of timelines. Yeah, there's a lot of timelines. You know, you don't know either. In the same way that Invisible Man, sometimes you're questioning yourself. Like mm-hmm. in, in Gone Girl, you're like, actually, I don't. Did he do it? Did yeah. he not? Uh, it's big whodunit type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, I out. promise you at the end, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. But yeah, dude, that's my pick. Gone Girl. Dude, great pick, man. Uh, and again, Dude, I get so excited every time when I see the the double feature, triple feature, whatever it may be when it this forms. And as soon as you said Invisible Man, I was like, wow, it's a good pairing. It's a great pairing. Very much so. So I'm, I'm really excited about the rest of this month. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we really introed with it, but yeah, this is when September ends. So uh, we're going all the way through until September ends uh, with punk rock, rock, emo rock from the 2000s. 2000s. And uh, so far, this is just a huge nostalgia trip for me. And I'm so happy. It's the fun. movie picks have been on point. Yep. Like, and the music has been on point so far, or at least I think so. Yeah, so. I agree. <laughs> Dude, great, great episode, man. Yeah. Great picks. Uh, good song. This is fucking awesome, dude. I'm excited. Is there anything you want to close out on, Nate? Not really, man. Life's been good. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Sound Crusaders or Instagram and TikTok at Soundscape Crusaders. Until next time.